Hello and welcome to Hyatt Report and this is your host Omar Hyatt. So, I've been away for a while now and I was actually focusing on a lot of different things and I couldn't um do a podcast. Um but here I am um uh, getting back to um doing something that I love. Um okay, so one of the reasons that I want to do today's podcast um is because I think it's important to continuously call out what's happening in India. Um so you'll have to bear with me if my next several podcast will be about what's happening in India including this one. Um today I want to talk about what's happening in India with regards to hijab. Um so everyone knows that a lot of muslim women wear a hijab. So it's basically a scarf that covers um their hair, their head. Um and as Muslims, we believe that it is a uh, it is an obligation. Um and we believe that it is a command of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala, um our creator, our god. Um so that's the premise, right? That's why a lot of Muslim women uh wear a hijab. Now it's a different thing that um some um Muslim women may um utilize their personal choice and not wear it. Um but the consensus amongst Muslims um is that a hijab um is a um command of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala and therefore an obligation on Muslim women. Um so that's that's the premise, right? Um but in India um a few i would say a couple of months ago um these five muslim five or six muslim girls in the southern state of india it's called karnataka um they were stopped from attending their pre-university colleges classes because they were wearing a hijab now just 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 so you know these girls didn't did not start wearing a hijab all of a sudden um it's been reported that these girls have been wearing a hijab um since forever um and they've been attending classes or they had been attending classes wearing a hijab but out of nowhere suddenly this uh, pre-university college decided that hijab was not going to be allowed in the classrooms and therefore um they barred the students from attending classes um now these girls went on a protest um that protest got covered by various media outlets including Al Jazeera um and it became a big thing um everyone started talking about it because obviously these girls um were being um refrained from getting an education because they because they wore um a piece of cloth on their head um now that and that's the that's where it stemmed from right that was the beginning um but then what happened was um the indian um majority community in that state um hijacked the narrative 
they made it about religious symbolism. So they said if um, these Muslim girls um, continue to wear hijab, they'll wear um, saffron shawls um, to the schools. Um, and then a lot of um, kids, um, not kids necessarily, these are teenagers. So a lot of um, teenagers um, in schools and in, in pre-university colleges um, from the majority community of India started to don a um, saffron shawl um, uh, and and started um, showing up to um, the schools and colleges um, as a sign of protest against um, the girls who were wearing a hijab. Um, and the next thing you know, the the it gets picked up by the na- hyper nationalist um, uh, Indian media, and they then made it all about both sides. In fact, it wasn't about both sides. It was as simple as Muslim girls wearing a hijab because Muslims believe that it's a command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and therefore an obligation. Um, But suddenly the right wing came up with this idea that somehow they will hire or rent um, these saffron shawls and saffron turbans um, and later videos of right wing um, goons distributing these um, saffron shawls and saffron turbans emerged. Um, So basically, this right-wing ecosystem in India, in that state, in Karnataka, um, was involved in distributing um, these saffron shawls and saffron turbans to um, the, the teenagers from the majority community of India. And this did not stop here, right? So um, Muslims went to High Court um, of Karnataka um, to um, seek justice. Um, in the meantime, um, what happened was there was this one Muslim girl um, and she was wearing uh, a hijab and she showed up to her school or her pre-university college, I believe, or, or her college, um, and she wanted to submit her assignment. Um, but then she she was um, being harassed by um, dozens of um, uh, dozens of teenagers from the majority community of India, and mind you, all these teenagers were male. Um, they were harassing a single female teenager. They were chanting "Jai Shri Ram." Um, and they looked um, very intimidating. I saw that video. But this girl, this one girl, who was also a teenager, by the way, um, responded to that heckling, to that harassment with Allahu Akbar. She was so confident when she responded to that heckling and that harassment, it, it gave me goosebumps. I was literally in tears. I, was, I couldn't believe what I saw. That video is very emotional, A, because a single female was being harassed, was being chased after by dozens of men, by by at least 40, 50 men wearing saffron shawls, um, chanting Jai Shri Ram, uh, and this was very, very intimidating. But this girl stood her ground and responded with Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar means God is great or God is the greatest. And this meant a lot to a lot of Muslims across the globe, um, and including me. Um, this showed that this girl had the courage to stand 
up and stand against um, this fascism that we are seeing um, coming out of India, um, this this hatred coming out of India. And this girl single-handedly stood up to this mob. Literally, this was a mob chasing after her. And this teenager stood her ground and she called out God. She said, Allahu Akbar. And that then got picked up by a lot of um, news media outlets across the globe, um, including TRT World, including Al Jazeera. Um, it got a lot of coverage. And, and as I said earlier, Muslims went to the High Court, uh, high court of Karnataka to, to, to seek justice. Um, and obviously, the, the lawyers who were representing the five or six girls from that college submitted um their argument made their argument and and the and the court um for some strange reason wasn't able to or what or did not deliver um a verdict that day instead um the court issued an interim order saying um they'll deliver verdict or a judgment um next week um, the following week, and until then, um, they issued an interim order saying all religious symbols shouldn't be allowed in educational institutions, which means hijab would not be allowed in educational institutions until the High Court of Karnataka issued a judgment. So obviously, Muslims then went to the Supreme Court of India, which is the highest court in India, and Supreme Court just uh, Supreme Court of India just refused um, to hear um, uh, to hear the petition. Uh, I think they heard the petition, but they refused to intervene. Um, that's the right terminology. So the, the Supreme Court of India refused to intervene. Now, a lot of people. What, as this was happening, as as the girls um, in Karnataka was being harassed for wearing a hijab, as the Supreme Court refused to hear or, or intervene, um, as the High Court um, um, banned all religious symbols, i.e. including hijab, until they deliver a, a judgment, the media was going, the Indian media was going nuts it randomly picked up all these Urdu, Farsi, and Arabic-sounding names. Um, what I mean by that is there are a lot of um, people in India who have um, Muslim names, uh, for lack of a better phrase, uh, but they're not necessarily practicing Muslims. They're, they're just Muslims for name's sake, and that's about it. Um, if, you, if you look if you look these people up, you'll find that um, they're not practicing Muslims, but instead um, they, they're just they're just Muslims by their names, and that's it. And that's why I said Urdu, Farsi, or Arabic names. So the Indian media propped up these people, brought these people onto um, various channels, and all of these people. Um, unanimously were saying that hijab is not part of Islam, it's not um, compatible with the modern age, and so on and so forth. And what was interesting to me was 
none of these people um, were Islamic scholars. Like they did not um, study. They did not study Islam the way Islamic. Um, a, 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 an Islamic scholar would study Islam. So they just, I think these people read a book here or a, or a book there and just um, decided that hijab was somehow not part of Islam. Um, or um, I think, I personally think these people are more sinister than, um, than that. In fact, I think these people are Islamophobes. They they have um, this in, inherent internalized Islamophobia, and therefore they resent any symbols associated with Islam, including hijab, and that's the narrative they um, built up overnight. And mind you, these people are really loud, um, and they were showing up on all these channels in India on all these TV channels uh, repeatedly saying that um, hijab is 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 um, isn't part of Islam also there were few people who were presenting uh, hijab as a choice um, like I like I said early on in this podcast as Muslims we believe hijab is an obligation we believe that hijab is an obligation. We believe that hijab is an obligation and it's a command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what Muslims at large believe. But there were a few people um, who went on to various platforms, including Twitter, um, and they kept saying it's a choice. Um, it's like um, some uh, a girl can choose to wear a skirt or a silver kameez. Um, hijab is a similar thing. A Muslim girl can choose to wear it. This argument, in my understanding, in my opinion, is is flawed because women, Muslim women who are wearing a hijab don't see it as a choice. They wear a hijab because they believe it's an obligation that they have to fulfill. Uh, I'm not saying they're being forced to wear a hijab. A lot of Muslim women wear a hijab on their own. Uh, and, and this choice argument that um, a certain people brought out it made it sound as if if it's a choice, then you can choose to leave hijab outside of educational institutions. And today, lo and behold, uh, because the High Court of Karnataka hasn't issued a judgment and said that all religious symbols should be left out of um, educational institutions, um, so there surfaced. Uh, there surfaced. Uh, th- there was a video that surfaced um, on Twitter that shows how um, this one. Um, uh, I believe it's a school that that um, that installed um, a guard outside of school, um, uh, outside of the campus, which was basically policing. Um, what kind of attire would be able to go inside the school, right? And obviously, in light of this high court's interim judgment, Muslim women were made to take off their hijab before they enter the campus. And it was humiliating to watch it. It was, I was revolted. It was like, disrobing somebody in front of a group of people. 
I I was I was disgusted with what I saw. It was horrible. Um, like I said earlier in this podcast, for a Muslim woman, hijab is an obligation and it's part of her attire. Now, can you imagine asking somebody to take off a part of their attire? And in this case, they asked Muslim women to take off their hijab, which is which is very similar to disrobing women on the streets. And I'm still shocked. I can't get over it. I keep scrolling my Twitter line, Twitter timeline to see if some politician, if some activist would condemn it. I'm sure there are there are people who are condemning it, but there there doesn't seem to be any ground swell. There doesn't seem to be people just taking to the streets, condemning it. I, I'm I'm appalled with how the scholars of India have remained mute spectators. They haven't issued statements condemning what's going on. They haven't issued statements saying this is an obligation. And anybody who denies it is is out of the fold of Islam. I just don't understand why these people have remained mute spectators. I just don't. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would hate me for saying this, um, but I just it, it's not in me to... Uh, anyway, but, I mean, I blame the politicians, I blame the scholars, I blame everyone, including myself, for not being able to do more. I don't even know what else we could do. Um, It's horrible. Can you imagine people being disrobed on the streets because a high court in a state has refused to issue a final judgment? Obviously, that, that case is being heard today as we speak, I believe. Um, but this whole fiasco, it's it's disgusting. And the fascism in India that's emerging, the fascism that's emerging out of India, it's concerning, it's heartbreaking, um, it's revolting, it's disgusting. I, I, it's everything that you can think of um, about fascism. And... And yes, I just wanted to rant and that's why I'm doing this podcast and I hope people who are listening to this educate themselves about uh, themselves about what's happening in India. I hope people raise their voice um, because trust me, Muslims of India need more voices to speak for them, not speak at them or... Um, demean them but speak for them or amplify their voices um, it, trust me it's 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 I, I just see it as as Muslims being persecuted and being a Muslim myself it's personal it's personal because I feel for my brothers and sisters in India who are Muslim I feel for them I I cannot understand what they might be going through, but I feel for them. I do. I do.